afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and B. I have a very interesting show format today, Frank. We have some of the stuff, important things that are going on in the world, but I wanted to start off with two topics that are a little outside the beaten path. You know nothing about either of them. This is the first one. Texas Lindsay shared this this morning, and the description of what it is doesn't do it any justice. The description is, who doesn't love a good story with a happy ending? Here is, I'm going to play it. Here is the video. It's a little long, but it's worth every second. It's three minutes long. Here we go. Um, I just want to start this off by saying, if you see something, say something. Um, I did an Instacart order yesterday, and I'm a little emotional right now, but I did an Instacart order yesterday, and it was a daughter ordering for her older dad that couldn't shop for himself I do the order I'm going the extra mile for this customer like I always do but for whatever reason this time I was going even farther and checking the back and everything and um, I take the order go to drop it off and she's like just go ahead and put it on the porch and he'll get it I was like all right cool that's what I normally do Um, I get there and something was telling me no you gotta help this man out And he came out, and I was like, okay, well, let me help you. And I got the groceries, and you're not supposed to go inside someone's house. Um, But I used my judgment, and I brought the groceries inside um, and put them down wherever he wanted me to put them. You're not supposed to, but I did. And you're just supposed to take a picture and leave. And I could not just leave. I go to message the lady because I was very concerned for her dad that he just looked sick and I didn't know what to do so I messaged her and I said if I say that the order is complete um I I won't be able to message you and I want to tell you this and I said it's very unprofessional of me to say something and I wasn't going to I never talk I always just put the groceries down and leave this time I for whatever in my head was like you gotta say something you gotta say something Jess so I said he's not doing good he's sick there's a propane tank in there I was in there maybe five feet and I got dizzy and I said there's gotta be a leak and I was like he might not be doing good because of this leak and I just didn't know what else to say And she was like, all right, I'll have my son come out. She changed her tip from $14 to $100, which I'm grateful for, but I'm crying because of what she commented this morning. And I'll show you. Commented, thank you so much. Once my son went to check on my dad, it turned out it definitely was leaking. You definitely saved my dad and my younger son's life. that being said I'm just an instacart worker but if you see something say something and I did and I'm so happy I did and I'm so happy that he can live a better life that's nice that wasn't her head it was her heart telling her that and that's God never ignore that never that's nice Have you ever had something like that happen, Frank, where you're like just getting this overwhelming urge to do something and you don't know why? 
Oh yeah, I can't think of anyone in particular now though, but it's it, I, yeah. I have two off the top of my head. And what I've noticed is if you ignore it the first time and it's something you're really, really important that you're meant to do, you'll get another nudge. I have two stories. Which one, which, which of them should I share? Hey, any, any of them at this point. Okay. So this one, um, my, this is an interesting one and you might remember this actually. My sister, my sister's husband gets his hair cut down in Myrtle Beach um, and he goes to this barber shop and his barber is someone he cuts his hair and his and his son's hair and so he goes and you know this one day in particular the barber he says to the barber you don't you don't look really good um is everything okay and the barber's a veteran and he he like has a not-for-profit where he goes around and does veterans hairs that are that are in the hospital and stuff like that he'll he'll go and, and give him a shave and whatever but the barber told him like I have had so many heart procedures at this point and my heart is failing and I'm basically, you know, going to die unless I get this surgery that only one doctor in the United States does and the VA won't cover it and my health insurance won't cover it and I don't have the money to get it and whatever. So, you know, my sister's husband was like blown away by how horrible the situation is for this vet and comes home and tells my sister and my sister says, hmm, I'm going to tell Tracy about this. So tells me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. You know, I should probably try and help this guy if I can. But everything just got very busy and it just slipped my mind for some reason. I, I don't know why it shouldn't have, but it did. And then, you know, about a, th a couple weeks go by and I get this frantic phone call from, he's been on the show, Chad. This guy, Chad, that I know from. I remember. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. So he's been on the show. So he ca he calls me. He's like, Tracy. He's like, I have this friend, he was a CB, and you know, he's, he's having such a hard time, and he starts telling me this story about his friend, the veteran, who has a heart problem. I'm like, hold on a second. He's like, and we really need to help this guy. And I'm like, is his name Steve? And Chad's like, yeah, his name is Steve. I'm like, holy shit, it's the same guy. What are the chances? right? That two people in my life are calling me desperate to help this poor guy, Steve, with his heart issue. So I'm like, that's it. Obviously, God is like really knocking on my door with this one. So I dropped, you know, I dropped everything in the moment and I made I made a post and I, I reached out to him and I introduced myself and talked to him for a while and, you know, asked what his situation was. He sent me all kinds of information, documentation. He said he's gone to legislators. He's tried everything. Long story short, I st he started a, a give, send, go for himself. And very long story short, one generous person stepped forward to cover the difference that he was in need of, but he got his heart surgery. And he is thriving today. Thriving, um, that's, that's terrific. Yeah, but if, I mean, I don't know if he would have done it otherwise. Maybe he would have, I don't know. But all I know is that God was knocking on my damn, like, hello, step in here do something like you get those signs then yeah january 6th was the other one for me you and i had talked about it you were going to go to january 6th i was taking my mom my my you know my my friend we were all going to go i was supposed to have the speaking slot at the capitol um and it was my daughter's birthday and a couple days before she came up and, and we were living at my mom's house at the time because my house had burned down. 
And she was like, you know, my husband and my my daughter were just both devastated that I wasn't going to be there for cake after a certain point. I would have been there for the beginning, but we were going to leave late at night and drive overnight. And then all of a sudden, parking wasn't working out and the roads were going to be closed. And I just got this overwhelmingly horrible feeling that I shouldn't go. It came on like a freight train. I can't even explain it. I guess I guess my situation was 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 similar because I was going to go down with uh, a buddy and with my uncle Rob. I said, hey, "Rob, you want to go down and just watch the speeches?" Because th- th- that's what January sixth was. Mm-hmm. Prior to January sixth, it was, "Hey, uh, there's there's going to be speeches and and it's." What whatever it wasn't. Hey, you want to go down and storm the Capitol? Yeah, Nobody yeah. Was, <laughs> uh, Nobody thought uh, that. Literally, no one. What, that that was not the case. So, um, but it was just it was an unmoral thing. It was it was actually a, a a burning feeling. Like first, my uncle dropped out, and then I was like, and then I started thinking about, okay, it's a work day. Where am I more useful? Yeah. Am I more useful stuck in a in a crowd shoulder to shoulder like at a concert or am I more useful talking about what's being covered from afar and just doing my show and you know and then and then Aurora is 4 months old. So I I'm I'm it's the reason why I didn't go to the November rallies and stuff like that and I I was just like See, eh. I did go to those. Yes, I had friends that did too. And they were, but but they were nice. Those were the rallies like you know Trump went over in the helicopter. He just went from the Army Navy game or whatever. He and, drove by in the the limousine and or the the beast, yeah. and I got a photo and a video of him. Yeah, I just can't explain um, the overwhelming just feeling of dread I got about me going. I had no feeling about the. I had no idea what was going to happen. I didn't know why I felt that way. I just told my mom we're not going, and then everybody really took a giant dump all over me for not going. And the main reason why I said I shouldn't go is because it was my daughter's birthday. And, you know, like I kind of put that first. Even though I would have been there for it, for her birthday, I would have had to leave, you know, right after cake. Couldn't have put her to sleep the way I would normally do. It was just... Anyway, that's two I can think of off the top of my head. But there have been thousands of them. Thousands. I think think everybody everybody can can point to those moments i i don't think that we it just takes a little a little while to start becoming cognizant of, of what's happening and to be able to mark it down and to remember it i have another one i have another one I was sitting at the table eating my dinner and i was keto at the time and i had had a cup of coffee with creamer in it and i used monk fruit um not monk fruit uh asp um xylitol as my sweetener right and my dog is on the bed and Cody is out in the kitchen with me and I'm eating my steak eating my dinner and Lily's inside in the bedroom and I I all of a sudden just got this overwhelming urge to go into my bedroom in the middle of my meal very weird stopped eating go into my bedroom watching my dog climb onto my night table to get to my coffee to drink it xylitol is toxic to dogs oh boy if I hadn't have stopped at that very moment to get in there and grab her, she would have drank my coffee and probably passed away. Like little things like that, I never ignore them. They're they're ever. Don't ever ignore that if you have it. 
I never use xylitol again, just to let everybody know. I threw that shit away. I'm like, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. Lauren just texted me, and she said, well, she reminded me of the kid that we found passed out drunk on the side of the road on on the Fourth of July uh, years ago. Ended up being the kid that hit my car years before that. Um, he said, she said he could have been eaten by coyotes. He could have been. <laughs> That's one of those. <laughs> There's thi- a lot of coyotes what, up there. It's, it's one of those things, though, where it's just like uh, that goes beyond gut instinct. You drive it, you drive it down, you know, Boston Post Road, and you see a, <laughs> a a human being lying face down in the grass. There's that goes a little bit beyond gut instinct. That's just like, oh, oh shit. There's a man laying here. Yeah. There's, there's just there's everybody in the audience probably has a story. If if I might actually be able to, t- you can hear a call. You just can't. They just won't be able to hear you. If, uh, it, if you open up Skype. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I would hear them. They couldn't hear me. So maybe what I'll do is just open it up for a second to people to call in and tell their story. You're not going to be able to talk to Frank, but literally the whole point is to tell your story and then we're going to we're going to pretty much have to end the conversation. But I'm sure that people have stories. It's 803 580 51 Six five. I know, you know, my dad was supposed to be in New York City on 9-11 and something happened and he couldn't go. Like all kinds of stories like this where God intervened in a an event or circumstance or gave you a nudge not to or to or take this path but not this one. Don't go this way. Or the times, Frank, when you're late and you're so pissed you're late but then you realize you just, you come up to this massive accident that just happened on the parkway. And yeah. you're like, if I wasn't running late today, that would have been me in that position. If only God had turned the volume of "Let Her Cry" down a little bit, I, <laughs> I, I, I would not have been caught with all that marijuana. If you missed it, go to the, the audio listeners missed the story. So go to the uh, Rumble or X or Getter stream, and you'll see Frank talking all about his uh, drug story. Yeah, you got it. That's my Hootie and the Blowfish story. Hey, you, you know, I, I I got it. I found another video last night that is very actually related to this. Really? In a, in, a, in another topic, but it, it, in another way. And I, I set it aside. I already let, made myself a list of notes. I'm going to make it a, a topic of quite frankly. So uh, any if the, any anybody in the crowd who's crossover audience, you'll see it again. But there was a three-minute video of a guy who was delivering groceries for people through, you know, the uh, the grocery app or whatever, who was going off on the person he was delivering to, who canceled the order and brought the food back because they had the did tip. not uh, put a tip in. My opinions and assessment of the situation change changes like eight times over the course of this three-minute video. And it, it, I, I guess the main thing is, it, this had nothing to do with gut instinct. It has more to do with the nature of tipping. I know some people who are just like, I never tip. I, I, and, I, I will say this, though. The, the, the woman in the video, I feel like I've, see, I've seen this before, and the, it's interesting because the delivery driver in the other one I've seen was an African-American woman who ends up taking the groceries back in the same way that that gentleman does. I don't have the clip. If you want to send it to me, we'll play it. In the same way that gentleman does, but the woman doing the recording is the same woman, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. It's almost like she's doing this on purpose to film reactions. If it, I, it, I could swear the hand is the same, the voice is the same. 
it, it, it comes down to this for me. Toward the end, with her interaction, with her filming, and then the kind of like taunting that she's doing, like, okay, th this woman's a bitch. Yeah. And and whatever. But but there there's all there all is also the initial question of the nature of gratuity and should people expect gratuity? Because you know so, some people are like, well, if employers pay people, they uh, they wouldn't need tips. I'm like, well, this is this is not about the question is not about whether or not employers, in your opinion, pay people enough to it to the point where tips are not necessary. Gratuity is something that you you, know, you at, give. At, you give because the performance of the service provider is so exemplary that you would feel guilty not saying an extra thank you. Yes, yes, it's exactly it, what it is. You know, so so there's so much going on in this video, and I, it just it reminded me of it because you're talking. You just played the video of the of the woman with the gratuity, which in that in that uh, video with the gas leak video, That's the gratuity. It, the gratuity is a, is a footnote in the whole thing because obviously it's more about the life saving and the gut feelings and all that stuff. So it's funny how the gratuity was the 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 link the between the two. Well, yeah, but still, like that is when you give a gratuity like that. Exactly. That's to to you know exemplify your point. And you know it's funny because my next video is in this same vein. So do you want to watch yours and show everyone it and see what we get out of uh, folks? Let me find this. Hold on. It's in my notes. This is why I say today's show is probably going to be different than than just a normal news review because the next one I am super passionate about and a lot of people disagree with me, but I don't care. <laughs> and again, anybody who watches, quite frankly, this will probably pop up next week at some point. Who knows? And uh, you'll have a little bit of a preview, but okay. it'll be all right. Here we go. We've got two minutes. I'm going to put it full screen. Audio listeners will be able to hear this fine. Here we go. And then coming over here driving on my dime to get your groceries and you don't give me a tip. That is not only unethical, but it's just, it's not only is it disturbing and unethical, but it's very wrong of you to, to think that way. You've got, you've got a mental screw up in your brain that doesn't work. And I'm not going to waste my time and breath with you. I'm going to cancel your order right now. Okay. Boom. Canceled. And you're going to go pick up your own order. Now listen, right? I'm right. stopping it real quick. He's already there with all her hey. groceries. Cut and, and your losses, man. You're spending more look, money. And there's no way. There's no way that he's not getting paid. He's working for one app or another. There is, it worked into the cost is, is pay for the driver gratuity is separate they're not these apps don't set drivers up to only work off gratuity okay it, it's so right off the bat when we're introduced to the main character right now i'm just like dude uh maybe it, it does suck when you are you know you're under tipped or not tipped at all or whatever what it that that does suck when that happens but i mean it should should people expect it they, sh they really shouldn't. They should not. It should be all about, <laughs> hey, how much more can I give so that this person feels you compelled? Should, you should never give, which is what tipping is, unless you feel good doing it. Otherwise, you're expecting something back. That's not the point. Like, I, say, I said that when people have, like, donated grace graciously to my fire, 
they're now like saying, well, you're supposed to, you know, you were a Trump fan and, and you were supporting Ron DeSantis and I would never have given to you if I would have known. And I'm like, you don't give that way. Like, I would never be able to do that. I would never be able to give someone something expecting that I was going to, you know what I mean? I, like, it's. Yes, but this is even less than this is even. I know. <laughs> lesser than that, because he's not. Hey, this is not a guy who just said, hey, does anybody need their uh, their groceries delivered? I feel like I want to give you right. some groceries. Right. He's work. You're he's getting paid. There is there is pay here in this situation for, for him. No doubt about it. But it does change a little bit when he. Yeah, here we go. Let's watch here. I mean, you, okay. so, so you're you wasting, do whatever you have to do. You're wasting your time. He's literally wasting his time. Do you realize how dumb you sound? Okay, you sound dumb. To I'd like to find out how honest. you, how it would feel for you to go and do my job and deliver it to, and I, not get tired. I, I start not liking her now. I start not liking her now. I, I don't. I'm not on board with him being just like ex, expecting this tip to be there. But I'm also not 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 liking him, uh, her. Then he crosses the line again, and I so I'm not. It, it's, it, it's a ping crazy. pong ball. Here, watch, watch this. Watch. How would you feel if somebody didn't tip you, lady? Answer me. Answer me. Well, you won't let me talk. So. Yeah, why don't I slap some no, sense into you? You're not going to. Are you serious? Then he threatens to slap her. So I'm like, okay, they're both they're both scumbags. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe he's just having. Obviously, he's having a rough. Maybe he's having a rough life, a rough day, a rough week. But everybody is shown in their worst light in this, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, everything. we're recording yeah, everything. You can record whatever okay? you want. You're gonna I really lose don't care. your job. You're gonna lose your I, job. You know what? I, at this point, I don't care because I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna do this. This is, does this, this doesn't work for me. I put in the dollars. You, let me tell you something else. Accepted the bag. Let me tell you something else, lady. Lady. You Swifty wannabe. <laughs> you're the only customer. That I have had that did not tip me. Well, then why are you so angry? Okay. <laughs> okay. So that you have one out of 10 people. That's pretty good. I don't tip I anybody. want you to know that. I don't tip Is anybody. Is that disturbing to you or what? No, I just don't believe that we should give it's out funny free how handouts. Every, other, every single customer that I've been to. But he, he knew when he accepted it as per her. Yep. And I guess he was expecting a cash tip outside of the app. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. And, and but but for but you also heard something else she said. Well, here here's one other thing that you pick up. She's sitting. She's standing there with some guy. It's not just her alone. She's there with a guy. The fact that the guy did not lay him out when he raised one, his hand. Once he raised his hand, I mean, this guy he he may or may not have earned a tip, but he definitely earned to be taking a nap on the sidewalk mm -hmm. right now. Oh so, yeah, I mean, my to, husband would have lost it if that were there. <laughs> and and then the other thing is, so, but but. Now you have the situation where you say, all right, but what did she say initially? I don't tip. I know there are people that just don't tip out there. If you are opposed to tipping, then why would you, that that would be like, if that was my nature, I would never go on one of these apps. I, it would just be grocery day yeah. and I'd go do it myself. Yeah, get out of here. Well, listen, I'm saying this is fake, not from the driver's perspective, okay? I, as I said, I've seen this woman do this before. And I think that she's doing it to farm content. Okay. I really do. She records. His reaction's not fake. Right. She records her interactions with delivery drivers of her groceries because there was, a, again, another video where the woman in the video that delivered didn't come out looking very rosy at all. She looked terribly entitled and horrible. 
And so now that I'm seeing this one this morning, it came across. I'm like, this woman is setting these people up for video this way. Yeah. She's doing it on purpose. And, yeah. This, this is essentially the delivery driver version of Mel Gibson's wife uh, acting Oh, so innocent on the phone while he's blowing up. She knows exactly. She's recording him. She knows exactly what she's getting. <laughs> I mean, and you're the only one that has. I don't believe in tipping. Okay. Yeah, well, you know Why what? do you need such a handout? Why doesn't believe, your job pay you enough? I don't believe enough? in Swifty wannabes. Okay, is that all you can say? Well, I think that that's what I'm you're surprised that you can even lift all that, old man. To convey. Let's see. Did you, say, did you take say. your dementia medicine? See, this she's, is this is stupid. Now you're being yeah. dumb. Yeah, like, she, I'm telling you, she, she's 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 a piece of shit too. Yeah, I mean, it's like why would you anyway. do? Like, can we have any? Usually, this kind of behavior only happens online. Usually, people aren't this terrible to each other in real life. In my experience, like. I don't even know if I want to watch the next 20 seconds of this. It's it, it's really there's really nothing to watch. That's what I'm saying. It goes back and forth and you 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 like everybody less and less. You start understanding certain points of view. There's bigger overarching questions about gratuity built into there, but it was just it was a roller coaster to watch it last <laughs> night. I was like, "Oh, I hate this bro. Oh, I hate them too." Oh, okay. Boing boing. Like a ping yeah. pong ball, really. Oh, goodness. Okay. Here's to my next one. This one's really going to... Okay. I saw this video Why yesterday. And I also saw another video yesterday of the sort of same vein. We're going to watch this girl. You're probably going to get annoyed. But we're going to... Is she crying? She, yes. Okay. Because the, the, the girls are never not crying. No, they're always crying in these videos. But I want you to listen to what she says. It's important. We're going to have a conversation about this. Here we go. Why is it that I have to work 40 hours a week just so I can have a place to live? 40 hours a week makes me $2,000 a month. And my rent is 1660 So I work 40 hours a week so I can have a two-bedroom apartment and an extra $300 a month. Like, it doesn't cover my phone, internet, food, you know? So not only do I not have any extra money, but just working makes me so exhausted that I don't have time either. Like, I get off work at 5.30, come home, and I'm just so tired. I'm so tired that like anything that I need to do outside of work I then just push off to like the weekend and I'm like I'm just too tired to do this after work I'll wait until Saturday so then I end up with so much to do on the weekend that ends up having to be split into two days so I have to do stuff on both Saturday and Sunday so then I don't get a day off I don't get a day to relax I don't get to decompress so it is really like working seven days a week, constantly. And I, I don't want to do that anymore, right? Like, I don't care how poor and miserable I would have to be, but I literally can't have a place to live without this, you know? Like, I don't know what to do. I'm not, I'm not 
made for this. I don't have the money, time, or energy to enjoy my life outside of work and I don't know what to do about it anymore, you know? Okay. <clears throat> now, there's so many things you could say about this video. So many things. But I want to focus on what she just said at the end. About not having the time, money, or energy to enjoy her life outside of work. Clearly, she's not doing something that she enjoys doing. Right. So Matt Walsh said, honestly boggles my mind that so many people think 40 hours of work a week is a lot. That leaves you at least five or six waking hours a day during the week to yourself and two full days on the weekend. How much more free time do you really think you should have? That is just the most ass backwards thing to say I've ever heard in my life. So I respond and I say, wrong argument. Find something you love and are passionate about and you'll do it 18 hours a day. Then it isn't work. Uh, th that is, that's the big, that, that's the big thing right there. What, what are you, what are you ending up doing? Um, sometimes people's passions have to be relegated to a hobby though. You know, uh, in, in, because there is the, the $1,600 in rent and there is the phone and there's all, and sometimes it takes a while to get that passion to a place where it can actually be a, uh, a source of income. If, I, I don't know. I, I don't, uh, I don't know. Her, her position is one I've been in since forever. So I, I don't understand. Maybe it's just because she's coming to terms and this is just reality. And these, these are all the, the struggles and all the things that we said in the, the hair pulling that we all used to do in private when we realize, oh my God, my week is gone. I have no time for myself. I'm working on my ass off and it's really just shoestring budget and hand to mouth kind of stuff. I, I, I have no margins for myself and the weekends are just all chores. And I, I mean, that, that's when I stopped. I, my first, the first moment of my life, I stopped, I stopped becoming consistent working out was in late 2007, right after I got out of college, got my first job at the radio station in, in, uh, in Hartsdale or in Scarsdale. And, uh, and I, it was just coming home at night was a, it was horrible. And then I had the anxiety of having to go back the next day because it was a sales shop and I hated cold calling and all that stuff. It wasn't what I wanted to do. And I worked my ass off on the side to get my personal training uh, certificates together so that come, you know, I actually, I think it was Valentine's Day, 2008, I was able to quit and start working at the YMCA as a personal trainer and then start building up that while which gave me flexibility to build up the radio because I wanted to talk on the radio. I didn't want to sell the ad, the ads to flower shops, you know, things like that. So I, I, I mean, this is, I, I recognize that anxiety. I recognize that panic, but we, I think we all go through that. It's just that we never used to put it out on TikTok. This, this okay, used to I'm be gonna, able, I'm going to blow your mind. That has okay. never happened to me once in my life. Well, now, then you're lucky. I'm saying that because I have always followed the mantra that I wrote there. And people can say, well, you just loved your job. It wasn't your passion. Untrue. Untrue. I, I wrote a long post about this. I said, my first job was in a bakery. And
and I loved how the bread smelled in the morning and I loved the people who would line up outside to get it and I thought it was exciting and I loved learning about how everything worked in there and I had a ball talking to people and checking in deliveries and talking to the delivery driver about our life. I loved people. I was always passionate about people and interactions and relationships, always. So I found jobs that allowed me to exercise that passion and I was never, I've always had a hunger for knowledge, always. So I found things where I know I'd be able to learn along the way. And then I would take extra shifts and I would go into work with a smile on my face. And, you know, yes, yeah, cert- certain times I'd call out to go to a concert or, you know, the beach or whatever. But, but generally, I have loved every single, quote, job I've had. And when there's been struggle associated with it, it still hasn't changed my mindset about what I was doing. So I was always doing more. And I never didn't like what I was doing. And I, it, the second I started to feel like you felt, I stopped and found something else that was going to not make me feel that way. Yeah. And, and, and in that respect, I mean, in, on, on that point, that, that's what I did. And I always knew where I wanted to be. And I always knew where my passion did lie. It's not that I spent a lot of time figuring things out. I loved all those years that I worked in the pharmacy. Uh, I knew music, entertainment, radio. That's where I wanted to be. And I think I took this job after college at WFAS because a I had I had a uh, an in with the, uh, the 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 general manager over there. So I got myself a a uh, an interview pretty good. And it was it was in radio, but it you know what? Whereas I was in proximity to it. I was doing a part of it that just did not make me feel comfortable. You could say, well, Frank, well, maybe that was a, uh, a test for you to do something, uh, do something that you needed to work on to be able to go and present a product you believe in and ask for money. Because I know that that's a big part of what we do today in new media. Do you believe in your product? Do you believe in your show? Well, then you need to present this to, to people and make a case as to why they should support you. And I still have a little bit of a problem with that today. So I, these are things I, along the way, I, I, I see the connections, but it's, um, I don't know. It's, it, there is growing pains. Uh, there is, I, it's not like I didn't love the people wherever I go. I make friends in any, any, any place I go to. But if you ever have to wake up in the morning, dreading the fact that you have to go do something, stop doing it. You're, it, you're yeah. we're not meant to be here to be effing miserable. Okay. That's not. We're not meant to be miserable on purpose. We're not. And people are basically saying, oh, yeah, the, you know, kids these days, my kids these days are being taught by me to find something they love and do it and not to substandardize their happiness for something they don't love. And people are basically chastising me saying that that's bad parenting. I think quite the opposite. And I think that a lot of kids that are coming up these days that are being called entitled, a lot of them are. However, there is also a subset of them who values their time and their happiness over being a slave and a cog in the wheel. That's a change that's happening right now. They're inherently born with that, in my opinion. Their value based on whatever. So another one that came up was my husband showed it to me and we were on polar opposites of this. And that doesn't surprise me because we're also on polar opposites when it comes to parenting a lot of the time. He he said... There's a talk show. The woman calls in and says, hey, you know, I have this new employee I just hired yesterday and we're having a meeting this morning at eight and she her hours are nine to five. But I asked if she could come in early for this meeting 
and she's, you know, young millennial or Gen Z or whatever. And she told me, no, I can't be there at eight. I have a class at the gym tomorrow morning. And the boss was blown away by this, thinking, how could this entitled little brat not come to this meeting the day after she's hired? And my husband's like, you know, these kids these days, they don't. I'm like, no, 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 no. No. She paid for the gym class. Her hours from nine to five. She is given less than a day's notice. She's going to have to sacrifice her gym time, which is probably something she really enjoys doing, to come in to work for a meeting that she's not being paid for. Maybe we did it wrong all those years on salary, working extra hours for favor with the boss to be in a good position for a promotion. Instead of saying, if I'm going to have to work until nine o'clock tonight, I want to be compensated for my time. Well, to your point there, um, my mother, as a, as a pretty much, as a single mom, she kicked ass in the 1990s. I mean, she worked for all variations of what is now Swiss Re Insurance, Swiss Re, and um, and she got that that job out of you know out of I don't know, it's like maybe the, the maybe 1979, 1980, and no college, no college degree. She learned her way in this this company. And by the 1990s, she was making bank on what? Overtime. Overtime has almost completely disappeared. Mm -hmm. I know what you're and I know what you're saying there, too. Some people would say, hey, if you want to if you want to, you know, show yourself to be a team player, then you should make a little sacrifice and say, OK, well, the gym can wait and all. But you know what? Like you, I, I see your point on it, too. It's uh, there, there's no incentive. Uh, the, my hours are nine to five. I need this for my personal physical health, my mental health, right. and uh, I already paid for it. I, I totally understand that. Maybe I would not have told my boss why I'm not missing it. It's not I her would, business. It's not her business. I said, I have an appointment. I can't go there. It is an appointment. But so um, so maybe I would just have held back that I, I, I wasn't going to a Zumba class. I just had an appointment. Even if it was a Zumba class, it doesn't really matter. It's of no consequence to your to your employer what you do on time. That is not on the clock that you were being technically paid for. And a lot of people now are realizing this. Why should I be taken advantage of by an employer for more fruits of my labor than I'm being compensated for in a day? And I don't think that's a bad thing. Like I was telling the pre-show, I don't have many employees right now, but... The ones I do, there's a mandatory no weekend work rule in effect because they're so passionate about what they do. They would work all weekend if I didn't make them not. You see what I mean? Like I'm working all weekend because I love what I do. I love it. It brings me fulfillment and spiritual fulfillment and all kinds of other things. I do yeah. it all the time. I don't complain because I love it. It's not work. You see? I can't. I can't wait to work today i can't fucking work <laughs> i i seriously you can't like wait. it too i don't even want to hear your shit you love it oh i know i've I got a whole list of things I, I i can't wait to do i had to organize my thoughts last night i have tonight off from from quite frankly because at five o'clock we're going to the studio to install another round of new technology that came in because <laughs> i haven't been at studio a in weeks i know so I, i'm you hoping know, that it's this so, works it's so funny because because my husband came across your your he's like hey wait a second that's not what happened? Did he lose this? I'm like, no, no. I'm like, don't even ask. <laughs> Demons. I'm telling you, there is. N this is a spiritual problem. I'm actually having. The, I'm. I'm having my my friend, uh, Reverend Bill Bean, call me up on Saturday afternoon around 3 p.m. and uh, he's going to do an over the phone exorcism for the 
for the the studio and me too. Good for you. You need that. I said, I, I, I said please. I want to. I, I want to make one more point though about this. Like, I also believe, even though I'm teaching my kids this way, and my son went out and started his own business at 13. Okay. He, he, he was passionate about something. He loved doing it. It brought him joy and satisfaction and he was happy working. He started his own company at 13. It's growing every year. He loves doing it. He loves it. He loves going out and cutting lawns. He loves helping the older people in the neighborhood. He loves going out and weed whacking and, you know, looking at new equipment and figuring out how you can save to buy it. And he loves it and he's fulfilled doing it. So I'm happy. Like, do what you love. If you love this for the rest of your life, then you freaking do it the rest of your life. And he's got all these plans of what he wants to add and pool design and this and that and all kinds of stuff. Now, my daughter, on the other hand, not so much. She really knows she loves music but doesn't know what the hell she wants to really do. So she's going to work at a radio station, Frank. She's not going Good. to college. She's going to work at a radio station. Try it out. See what you like, what you don't. However, in the interim, she needs to have some kind of a job that she wants to do to sustain her, right? She gets her jobs. This is what she's doing. And I keep telling her there are consequences to your actions, right? She'll get a job. She loves it when she starts working there. And then her boss inevitably ends up treating the, the staff like absolute dog shit. It's not just her saying that because she expects a certain thing that's not realistic. It's true. They're treating their employees like dog shit at these places where kids are getting jobs now, okay? And she'll bust her ass and do what's required of her and more until she feels like she's being taken advantage of. Her problem is she's not giving notice when she quits. So she will she's call... Made, she's made the decision that when it happens, she's just leaving. Yes. So she'll call them the night before... And say, hey, I'm not coming tomorrow. And just not go. Now, nah. I have told her multiple times that this Any is... Any references. Exactly. And she, I've told her, I've explained it. And I've said to her, you are, you're screwing yourself up for the future by doing this. She's like, I cannot stand to be in that place for another two weeks. There's no way. I'm like, well, then you need to learn to identify when you're getting to that point two weeks earlier. So that you can tell them, I'm, I'm not going to be here after the next two weeks. So two weeks earlier than you're waiting to do it now, you got to do it sooner than that. And you have to understand because of all the reasons we all as adults know are going to end up biting you in the ass. But that's going to be her consequence to, to bear. That's going to be her consequence to bear. And that's going to be her lesson to learn. All you can do is give the advice and explain. And these kids are going to do what they're going to do and have to learn however they learn. And that's it. So... The end of overtime is a big thing, but you, I, and I and I, uh, yeah, there have everybody. A lot of what you so, saw. Somebody's in that video, saying they would fire me if I was their employee. You wouldn't have a chance to fire me if you were my employer because I'd realize what you are and leave before you had the chance to fire me. I have worked my ass off my entire life and had a ball doing it. But wait, but why would you be fired? I don't know. But, I'm, I guess I'm saying something badly. I'm saying something wrong for this employer that doesn't jive with their with their perspective on how employees. Well, should listen, behave. every every business is an island. Every business is a nation. It's run in different ways, and 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 because of the nature of the work, the nature of the boss, everything runs differently. Some are better than others, and some are suited to work better than others because of the nature of the work. So I, I, you can't say as. I just want to make sure this is clear, too, because everybody out there just assumes for some odd reason that I am of of ridiculous means 
and I have tons of money coming in, you would be 100% incorrect. By many people's standards, I should be crying right now, scared out of my mind, what am I going to do next month? Or what am I going to do next week when my car payments do? And I just choose not to look at life that way. Oh, the other thing is that I, you don't live in New York. No, I don't. But that doesn't mean that it's it's not expensive to live here based on what I'm bringing in. Yeah. Well, so, it, it's a good, it's a, it's an advantage to be able to live in a place where even if, um, even if it's not, uh, you know, if you're not swimming in it, you don't have to live with that anxiety that too much, uh, but you know, to that's her untru- point, that's untrue. Cause I lived, it was, it's the same anxiety. It's just my perspective that's changed. Okay. I, I get your point. Like I was making in New York when I, when I was working two jobs and my husband was working two jobs, both of us were working two jobs in New York. We were bringing home almost $300,000 a year and we were not able to buy groceries. So it's, it's half a dozen of one, you know, whatever. So, I mean, it's, it's really your, like, I had to shift my perspective on that, on how I view things and abundance in general to be able to be okay and not, you know, be scared. And I just know that, you know, if you're doing what you love and you're doing your passion and you're working and you're walking in the right footsteps, God does provide somehow and it always happens. And that's what I just, I rest on. Well, that's good. And ultimately, I ultimately, there's just a lot of there's just a lot of learning that needs to be done, especially for young people. And I think that that's a big part of that's a big part of what's driving that girl in that uh, in that TikTok that you just you just played. It's it just it's uh it's a rude awakening. It really is a a rude awakening. And a lot of us do things that we're not passionate about. You that you can make you can make you know work. I mean, I, I wasn't passionate about wiping down treadmills at the ymca for years but you were passionate about training people i was passionate about the clientele i was building up and and i just i become a good team player and i love i like i like being around people so whereas the work that was generating income for me wasn't was something that i knew i did not want to do in the long haul and my my heart wasn't there I, I have the cap- the capability of just just you know investing myself in the people around me and making friendships and and that carries you through. Uh, but I always knew what I wanted to do, and along the way, everybody picks up jobs and gigs to, to you to do pay, what you got to pay do. bills. The yeah, best gotta, the thing is you got to do what you got to do, and don't sacrifice your happiness doing it. That's what I'm saying. And if that's bad, I don't know what to tell everybody because I don't think that that we should all be miserable all the time by default because we're told we have to be that's my point someone at the bottom said frank um most small self-employed work under minimum wage because it's their company i don't get paid from uncover dc i don't make a dime from i sack there i'm not going to take from that i want that company to grow i want uncover dc to thrive it's not paying me i own it i work for free for it all day long every single day it's because you're right. That's what small business owners do. <laughs> so. And 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 I love I love it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I feel like I I'm I'm not like I said I'm not of of, of means and wealthy by any stretch of the imagination. But I love what I'm doing with my life and my family and my my, you know I love it. So I'm gonna keep doing it. Good. 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 And that's the show for today, Frank. Go smoke a bowl. 
a bong. Take a bong rip. <laughs> I can't do that today. I can't. I don't even have a bong anymore. I, I you know what it was? I, it was um, a few years ago, Lauren and I found some of our old glass pieces, like one or two bongs, actually. And I just put it in the recycling bin and put it out for recycling. I don't even care who saw it. I was like, yeah, you know what? It's glass. I got to put it. It's just like a whole bunch of. That's fine in New York now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just it's glass. What are you going to do? It's there with other glass bottles. So there you go. It was, you know, olive oil. And then there was this bong and another one, skull bong. You never know uh, what you'll find in the recycling bins in New York. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you've been listening to the Dark Delight Podcast with. Breaking down the drums and beans. You can hear uh, me Mondays and Wednesdays and Frank with me on Fridays at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, streaming on Rumble X and on Getter. And then the audio version comes out at 2.30 p.m. on all the podcasting platforms. I'll be back on Monday. Can't wait for next week, Frank. See you Friday. See you later. <laughs>